Welcome to the Get Loved Up podcast. I'm Koya Webb, founder of Get Loved Up, where we inspire you to love yourself more, love others more, and love the planet more. Each week, I'll interview a special guest who will share their insights on how they practice daily self-care, tackle tough challenges in life, and thrive in the world one breath at a time. You will be inspired to take control of your life as you heal yourself mentally, spiritually, and physically, and create a reality in alignment with your deepest passions. Let's get loved up. I am here with Nick Pigeon. She is a positive psychologist, best-selling Hay House author, and a high-performance success coach. So welcome to the Get Loved Up podcast. We're about to dive deep with this woman. Nick. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Of course. So this is a brand new relationship. When we met, and I didn't tell you this when we were sitting down, but when we first met and all the ladies like hugged each other, I really didn't get a chance to like really connect with you. And so it was so funny when I sat next to you and we talked for like mostly the entire hour and it just unraveled how beautifully and beautifully complex your life is. Mm. So with all these accolades, I want you to kind of share your journey because you um, share with me some trauma, some decisions, some things that you went to to get to where you are. So can you just share like that journey? Absolutely. So I mean, it's never a straight road from A to B, mm-hmm. is it? And it's right. very easy when you look backwards to connect the dots and say, oh, well, that made me this way or that supported me in this way. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the things that served me very very well across the the 10 years that I've been doing what I do Mm. is my intuition. Mm. So I knew from an early age that I was supposed to do something big in this world. Mm. And at high school, I kind of got taken a little bit off track Mm. because whilst my background now is in psychology and in performance and in coaching and in all of the personal development work that, that we love to do, I was originally supposed to be a mechanical and automotive engineer. What? Yes. Wow. You would not believe it, right? <laughs> no. So my dad at school wanted me to go and study maths. I did maths and physics already. And he was like, I really think that you should go down this road, Nick, because mm. it's going to be good for you. It's going to open doors. You'll make more money. Mm-hmm. You'll be a girl in a man's world. Mm. And something told me at that early age that it wasn't the right thing for me. Mm. And I had my first big breakthrough when I lived in Australia when I was 18 and my partner at the time was a professional cricket player and he came home from a sports psychology session and the guy in the session had said when you're like on the pitch and you're into bat don't look at the fielders that are standing around you but look for the gaps in between the fielders instead Mm. so for me I was like oh my goodness we can like apply that to our real lives There's so many people that focus on the problems and the challenges, and we need to focus on the gaps and the opportunities and what's possible instead. Mm. So that kind of gave me a first um, understanding of what mindset I can choose when adversity and trauma and challenge does strike. So I feel like from a very early age and through all of my study of positive psychology and looking at what works rather than what doesn't work, when actually the challenges and the trauma did hit, Mm. I was quite well equipped to deal with them. And what was some of that trauma that you experienced at an early age? I mean, 
From an early age, when I was really, really young, I, I tried to take my own life when I was 12 years old. And now when I look back at that, it seems like it was a, a different person. And what happened? Like, what led you to that point? I got bullied at school. Mm. So my name, Pigeon, I used to get bullied because I was called Pigeon. Right. Because it's a ridiculous name. So mm. I used to get bullied really badly because of that and for being intelligent and loving reading. Mm. Um, and when I, I remember to this day, I it was actually PE. We call it PE in the right. UK, like Same thing physical in the education. South. Yeah, yeah. PE. Um, so, and I wasn't sporty at all. Mm -hmm. And I was so scared to go to school that I was just like, I don't want to go. My parents wouldn't listen to me. They're like, you're going to school, Nicola. And I was so terrified of what was going to happen that I took all of the pills out of my mum's pill cabinet so that I couldn't go to school. So mm. I got pulled out of school. I was homeschooled for six months. And then my mum and dad actually remortgaged the house so that I could go to a private school. Mm. So that was my first experience. And it was something that I'd never really understood how it made me who I am right. until much, much later. Mm. So that happened when I was very young. And then in 2012, I was on the way to the airport mm. from being on holiday in Spain. And I was actually locked in what I thought was a taxi and I was raped. Mm. So more recently, that is probably the thing that I would classify as being the most traumatic experience that I've ever had to deal with. And it's the thing that has allowed me to be happier than ever before. Mm. And what was your thought like inside of this taxi? Like what was going through your mind as this was happening? Well, it was terrifying. Right. I remember afterwards, my counselor and therapist, when I'd gone to do all of my healing work, she was like, Nick, you could have been dead. She was like, mm -hmm. you're a survivor and that could have turned out so differently. And that wasn't really something that I was processing at the time because I was just so upset and scared in the moment that I was thinking about how I could actually get out of the car, not the fact that I might not get out. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I remember most vividly, and it's, I mean, it's bizarre, what experiences you, you remember and what those like picture frames are. But it was like, I was in this taxi in the back and there was actually a guy in the front and a guy in the back. Mm -hmm. And I was screaming at the guy in the front to actually help me. And I remember he, he was holding one of my legs like this behind and he let go and he turned the music up louder. Mm. And I remember seeing, cause it was in Spain, it was a gorgeous sunny day. I remember looking up out of the window on the other side of the car and we were driving through all of these mountains and I just saw this blue sky and the tops of the mountains going around and around and around. And that is like my memory of it. Mm, I'm so sorry to hear that. And to see where you are now, mm. like in such a position of power, because, you know, me having similar experiences and, and knowing how it's possible to change that pain into power, what was your journey and taking that painful experience, that traumatic experience mm. and turning it to into your power? At first, I completely denied the fact that it ever happened. Right. I completely repressed it. And it's typical of like a, um, a PTSD kind mm -hmm. of process where repression is the first thing. So for two years, I completely ignored it. I remember I got on my flight because I was running late, cried all the way home, got into bed that night, woke up the next morning and went straight to the gym 
and worked out as hard as I possibly could mm -hmm. and threw myself into work, threw myself into fitness mm -hmm. and to do everything that I could to almost replace the feelings and stay really busy so I didn't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So that was very much the first phase. Then I started having flashbacks and hallucinations. Mm -hmm. And for anyone that's ever experienced that, it's, it's like you, you feel, literally you feel like you're going crazy. Right. I was having nightmares. I was it was just awful. And then these memories started to come back and mm -hmm. started. I started to remember what had happened. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was working with a spiritual coach who really, really helped me find the confidence to tell my parents. And when I told my parents, they then sent me to a counselor and therapist. Mm -hmm. But what was so hard, and I remember at that time when I started to, to have these memories come back to me, the feeling was so much shame mm -hmm. and so much worry about what my mum would think, what my dad would think. And also my, my dad's side of the family, my stepbrother on that side, he just shared that he'd actually been raped as well. So my feeling inside of myself was how can I possibly tell my parents right. that they now have two children that this has happened to you? Wow, that was a lot. And how old were you? I was, so it was in 2014. I have to work this out now. So I'm 31 now. Mm -hmm. So 2014, I would have been 26 mm. when, I, when I shared that. Mm -hmm. um, and it was one of the most difficult things that I've ever done to actually talk to someone about what had happened. I'd right. never gone to any, despite being a psychologist, I'd never actually had any therapy myself. Mm. Everything that I'd done was working with these positive interventions and looking right. at how you can go from feeling good to feeling great. Right. So I'd never actually had to dive into repeating a, a traumatic experience or uncovering what that meant for me. Mm -hmm. And I remember driving to these sessions on, it was on a Tuesday night, every Tuesday night I would go, and I'd cry all the way there, and I'd mm. show up to the session, I'd say, I don't know what to say. Like, I've got nothing to say to you. And then we'd start talking and it would all tumble out. Mm. So it got worse before it got better, but then it did start to get right. better from there. So in that moment where you're like, I have nothing to share, you just feel like there was a barrier, mm. or how did you feel? I felt like I should know what to say, but I didn't know what to say. Right. And I felt like there was an expectation from the counselor. Mm -hmm. I felt like worried about what she would think of me and mm -hmm. what I was supposed to say mm -hmm. and what the right thing to say was and how I should process it. And I remember saying to her, I really would love for you to just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. Tell me how to figure this out and I'll do it. Give me the steps. And she was like, Nick, this is not about me. This is about you. So at what point did you realize, like, I just have to share mm. everything? I mean, she encouraged me so much. And I think the, the consistency and having that safe space was a really huge thing. Mm. Having someone that I could talk with with no judgment and mm. going through that process of just figuring out how things felt and how... A lot of it was how that incident was actually creating behaviors or creating decisions in my life at that time. Mm -hmm. So we looked at how I could actually take empowered steps and what that might look like and what I could do to make myself feel better. Mm -hmm. So I, I looked a lot at um, bigger boundaries, mm. self-care, right. like doing little things that we, mm -hmm. we know make a, a little difference, but actually a big difference when they're implemented over time. Right. And then from there, I got more and more confident in understanding that I'd overcome something 
huge. Mm -hmm. And that actually in itself was such a gift and such mm -hmm. a blessing rather than it being something to be ashamed of. And right. eventually I was able to talk about it mm. on the Facebook Live or right. on stage now as well. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't always that way. It right. was definitely something that it it took a lot of um a lot of building myself up and a lot of kind of coaching myself into knowing that the reason that these things are now shared is actually to give other people strength when they can't see or find it for themselves. Right, absolutely. And what do you think were the things, like the self-care things and the boundary things that you actually practiced mm. when you first started out? Meditation. Meditation. I went hard on meditation. How long would you meditate each day? For me, I mean, I would meditate for like three times a day and mm -hmm. whenever I would feel like I needed it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know how you felt when you've gone through these things, but mm -hmm. one of my strongest memories was waking up in the middle of the night, feeling terrified and feeling like I was mm -hmm. stuck to my bed, mm -hmm. like feeling so scared that I couldn't even move. Right. And I was thinking inside of my head, I was like, Nick, if you can just reach your phone and put your meditation on, mm -hmm. everything will be good. So mm -hmm. that was like, it gave me so much faith and it gave me so much confidence in like, if I can just put this thing on that can shift the way that I think and it can, it was actually an Archangel Michael meditation that Ooh, I used. Nice. And so it was like protection and mm -hmm. all of this. And that started to make me feel better bit by bit, right. feeling like I was safe, mm -hmm. feeling like I was gonna be okay. Because in those moments when it's completely dark and you don't know where to turn and you don't know how to get through the next hour, mm -hmm. actually feeling like there is a hope and feeling like there is some sort of comfort is, mm -hmm. is huge. That's amazing, that's amazing. And what are some of the things that, in addition to meditation, so was meditation like really the main one or mm -hmm. were there other things that you practiced? Meditation well? and also physical activity. So mm -hmm. despite hating sport at school and despite mm -hmm. getting bullied when I was a kid, right. it actually became the thing that I made my research interest and in my career. So mm -hmm. I was a personal trainer for 10 years. And After? going to therapy? No, or? during actually. Oh, okay. So when I left school, mm -hmm. I worked alongside my degrees. Mm. So I became a personal trainer. And when I studied, so I did an undergrad in psychology with sport, right. which was inspired from my ex-partner who was a cricket player. Mm -hmm. So that kind of started to carve my way in this area of sport and performance. Mm -hmm. um, I then did a, a degree in teaching and lecturing psychology with sport and then a master's in positive psychology with a specialism in movement. Right. So how moving your body can move your mood. Mm -hmm. And I think for so long, people thought that psychology was just about the brain. Right. But we realized it's actually about your body as well. And it's about embodying that change and mm -hmm. understanding that we are a whole person and we've got to actually like give attention and focus to that. Absolutely. So it was very much like how can I how can I move my body today regardless of whether that was going to the gym. For mm -hmm. some people it might just be going for a 10 minute walk. Right. Or practicing some yoga, something so simple mm -hmm. but it can completely transform the way that you feel. I love that. Meditation and fitness. Mm -hmm. Definitely two of yes. my favorites as well. And so how long did it take you to really like be able to talk about it or do you feel like do you feel like you have totally forgiven that situation or do you feel like it's something that you continue to work with mm, it took me 10 months of counseling mm -hmm. which at the time felt like a lifetime 
So right. it took me 10 months mm-hmm. to get onto the other side of it where I could feel happy again and I could right. feel like I could focus on a goal rather mm-hmm. than focus on just trying to feel better and feel normal again. Right. Um, and then after that, I think it was probably another about another year after that before I started sharing it more publicly. Mm. And the reason for that was that, again, it's, it's a judgment thing. It was a right. visibility thing and it was... I knew that I needed to share it to help people and it almost felt like it was burning inside of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably felt like this when you wrote your book. Mm-hmm. Like you felt like the words had to come out and there was a time and it was just it was ready. I felt like that about the rape. Mm-hmm. And I'd had a, a few different experiences that I had opened up about. For example, many of my friends actually took their own lives mm-hmm. to suicide. So we've had three of my close friends in the last four years who've taken their own lives. Wow. Which is is so challenging and it's something that I feel so passionate and empowered to actually have a conversation around. And I remember I put a post onto Instagram saying Mm -hmm. it was to celebrate a day about raising awareness around this. And it was called Are You Okay Day at the Mm -hmm. time I was living in Australia. Right. And I was like encouraging everyone to open up and have a conversation because we know that when people talk, it actually reduces the the rate of suicide. And I remember I had no idea how popular this post was going to be or how many people were going to be talking about it or how important it was. But all of these comments and all of these messages started coming through saying, I'm struggling too. Thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for being so open and sharing about your friends. Right. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And I was crying and crying and crying. Mm. And I was crying te- tears of joy. Right. And I was crying because there was also something else that I had inside that I wanted to say and couldn't say. Mm. So at that time, I hadn't shared that I'd been sexually assaulted because I didn't know how to. Mm. And it took for me to work with a coach for him to tell me and for him to support me in actually being able to share it from the stage. Are you ready to get loved up? Join us for one of our upcoming Get Loved Up retreats or yoga teacher trainings. You will learn yoga philosophy, holistic health, and so much more. Whether you're looking to become a yoga teacher or just want to expand your knowledge on holistic health and yoga, this is a retreat for you. Visit GetLovedUpDaily.com for more information. That's that's powerful. And so once you realize, okay, you made this post, it needs to be talked about. There are more women experienced in this. And you're with the coach. How long did it take you to really like be like, okay, what was the moment? Was something specific that happened? Or what was the moment you're like, okay, I can do it now? Yeah, so he totally called me out. So it mm. took one session because I'd kind of been thinking about it for a little while and The reason that I wanted to share it at this particular time was because I'd won the Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award in the UK a year earlier, Mm. and I'd been invited to give the the award to the next year's winner. Uh And when I'd won that award, I'd actually won a second award, which was the Breakthrough Barriers Award, Mm. because the people that were giving those, that were judging the competition knew what had happened to me but the audience didn't. Mm. And I'd said to them, please, please, please don't tell them. Please don't tell them. So they'd given me this award. Nobody really knew one of the biggest reasons why I'd got it. So I felt like I was out of authenticity Mm. and I felt a responsibility for those people who could be helped by that message to actually stand up and share it. Mm -hmm. So I'd said to my coach at the time, I said, Zach, like, I need your help. Like, I know I want to go and share this thing that has happened 
and I don't know how to. I am so scared. Right. So we got on the phone and he was like, Nicola, you are so selfish. You mm. are so selfish. I remember he slammed me. <laughs> oh. He slammed me. I was like, okay, mm. done. I was like, I'm going to go and do it. And it didn't stop me from shaking. It didn't stop me from worrying about it. Right. But it did give me the confidence and the power to know that that was the right thing to do at the right time. You are, I think, the fourth person who shared with me and said that that was the reason that they finally shared was mm. that it's not just about me, it's about how sharing this is gonna impact so many other people. Yeah. So thank you for sharing and stepping yes. into your power in that way because I do feel like I had a really hard time sharing as well, mm. but the only reason I feel that I finally shared is not only for my own healing, but the, for the fact that it is going to help other people start the conversation. And I do believe that starting the conversation starts to healing and thank goodness yeah. you had those counselors and and coaches but it's so many people that they don't have that access yeah. so even listening to this podcast or listening to yeah. one of your talks is going to get them through to that next level and wow what an amazing just journey of stepping into your power and mm. and now you're a motivational coach for so many you have a success mastermind which mm. i'm so excited when you were telling me about the things that you do in this mastermind so can you just kind of share some of the things that you do to mm. kind of help bring and uplift and women, do you work with men and women? or I do work women? with both, but it's mainly women. Uh -huh. So I would never say no to a dude. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it is mainly women. Uh -huh. um, so we have the, the Unstoppable Success Mastermind, which is, I mean, I feel like we just talked for days the other night. It we was did. so amazing. <laughs> so people come and work with me primarily because they want to set up and scale online businesses mm -hmm. and they want to make more money and they want to create more success in their lives. Right. And they come on these retreats and the masterminds and they show up thinking that it's gonna be one thing. Mm. And then they leave at the end with a completely different experience. Mm. So we usually don't tell them the schedule or what's gonna be taught. Right. So they have no judgment, have no expectation. They just get there and they're like, right, this is what it is. And we'll teach them philosophy, we'll teach them psychology. Mm. We had a relationships expert there who actually taught sales and she did some really powerful coaching around relationships and relationships mm. with ourselves. Right. Um, we had media and PR experts there. Mm. But more than that, like what really comes through these experiences is the power of transformation. Mm. And that's something that isn't always tangible and it right. can't be quantified mm -hmm. but seeing a woman that comes in to this five-day experience and she starts thinking right okay what is this what is the strategy that i can get nick and mm -hmm. i'm like no 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 right <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> because they then open up and they have breakthroughs and it was all around trauma Right. So it's like, it's holding that space and creating that space and asking powerful questions and introducing processes that can actually crack a woman open mm. so that she can start to see and honor her true self and honor mm. her true journey. Right. And move forwards from that with the, the information and the allowing and the acceptance and the love that she can find and the understanding of like this mm -hmm. story has happened it is part of you and it's time to actually own that wholeness that is you mm. rather than trying to compartmentalize and forget all of the pieces right it's time to actually integrate and time to build from there i love that that you said heart cracking open because a lot of people say my heart is broken mm. but if you look at it as like not broken but cracked open then you can allow love to like pour into yeah. that space 
because it's all about is the glass half empty or is it half full? And that crack open is looking at it as half full yeah. and allowing the love to pour in. That is so beautiful. And what do you feel like the, is the biggest takeaway from women? Like they're transforming. Mm. Some of them go on to have their own businesses. And do you see a difference between someone who like follows the path and someone who doesn't? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, all of the women at one point or another across that experience, they all had their own experience of breakthrough. Right. And it was so fascinating to see it come at different times and mm. represent in different ways. But that actually gives them so much more of a foundation to build a business on and from. Mm -hmm. Because people think that it's a skills gap that, right. that they've got. And mm -hmm. that's why they're not creating success within themselves and within their lives. But actually more than that, it's usually a mindset gap or mm -hmm. it's a self-worth gap. Right. So it's about finding what that gap is mm -hmm. and actually filling the gap, closing the gap. Right. And just allowing that woman to stand up and feel more powerful and understand the, the work that she's here to do in this world and understand that it's not just about business, it's about impact, it's about contribution, it's about mm -hmm. giving back. And the more that we can work together, the more that we can create together. Absolutely. And I love that the more that we work together, the more that we can create together mm -hmm. because I met you at a women's dinner and I want you to speak a little bit about sisterhood and mm -hmm. what that means to you because a lot of time there's a lot of comparison, especially successful women, beautiful women. It's like we're always looking and comparing ourselves to someone else. So can you speak a little bit about sisterhood and, and collaboration? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's so important in today's world. Like, Two of the things that we have as our mission and values within our company are that together we can be, do, create and have so much more. Mm. And when you help others find their greatness, you will find greatness too. Mm -hmm. So for me, competition doesn't even enter my vocabulary. Right. Like I'm very determined and very driven and hardworking. Mm -hmm. And if you look at how you can help other people along the way, like how much more fun is that? Right. How much more, it's just, it's endless possibilities. And I feel like when you look at the, the world and how abundant it is, right. there's enough for everyone. Mm -hmm. There really is enough for everyone. So right. why not form awesome relationships? Why mm -hmm. not like find the fulfillment and help each other along the way? Like, right. I don't need anything. So I'm like, <laughs> what do you need? Right, that's beautiful. And I feel that from the first moment we met, like, what do you need? What do you need? Mm -hmm. How can I serve you? How can I so serve you? So good, right? So, so good. And I also know that you've also had some experiences with relationship and really like processing. And I, mm. I think that's something that goes kind of hand in hand with experiencing that trauma is really understanding relationship, especially relationship with the opposite sex. So mm. would you share a little bit about your relationship and, and what you've dealt with in that area? Yeah, for sure. And I think coming back to what I said earlier on, I said one of the things that served me really well along this journey of life mm -hmm. is intuition. Right. And one of the things that I've really learned from relationship is trust. Mm. And I think in relationship with a romantic partner, so many people are thinking about do I trust this other person or how can I trust this other person? Mm -hmm. And my learning has actually come from understanding how to trust myself. Mm. So that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been really fascinating and it's, we always get the lessons again and again and again and again until we mm -hmm. listen. Right. And I feel like certainly, I mean, in all of our relationships, that's been a learning for, for me. But more recently, I was in a relationship where I was actually engaged to an amazing guy, mm -hmm. absolutely awesome. And it 
just started to not feel like it was the right thing for me. Mm. And it felt like it was pulling me away from what my truth was and what my mission was mm. on this planet. Right. So it was fantastic and I went all in for love. I actually, I don't know if you know the story, I lived here in Los Angeles uh -huh. and I actually moved to Cape Town, South Africa no, yeah, to I be with not. this guy. Wow. So for all of 2018, I split my time between LA and Cape Town, wow. flying back and forwards to two of the places on the earth that are the furthest apart. Wow. So it was a lot and I'm yeah. so grateful that I did it because it gave me so many new experiences and mm -hmm. it taught me the importance of family and it like I had so many, so many fantastic times in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And it also helped me understand the need for bravery and courage and what it actually feels like to make a courageous decision for yourself when you know that something feels right but you're actually scared to do it. Right. So for me, I'd been feeling like I wasn't living up to my potential mm -hmm. and that was scary for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be the girl that had so much potential and threw it all away. Right. So I know that I'm here to change the landscape for generations to come in terms of what it means to, to find strength through struggle. Right. And I felt like I wasn't living into my mission and purpose. In, in that moment, in that relationship. In the, in the way that I, I could do if I was in a different situation because of right. the geographical location. Right. Um, how that was set up it was really really challenging for me to be able to do the things that I wanted to do and grow in the way that I wanted to grow right. so I made a decision at the start of 2019 actually to to leave the relationship mm. and to choose myself instead wow. and it was so hard so hard was there anything like was a relationship a healthy relationship was it just the fact that you didn't feel fully fulfilled in following your calling or were there other elements of the relationship that made it very challenging it's really interesting because before i met him i didn't want children mm -hmm. and he had a child from a previous marriage mm. and it, so i got flung in to be in a stepmom Oh, okay. which was so beautiful and again so hard like right. to go from not having a child or not wanting a child to having a child and be, being in that role right I mean it was a huge stretch and so how I, old was the child she was six six so cute yes and a girl yes little girl mm -hmm. so it was amazing to learn that and it was so hard right hands down one of the hardest things I've ever done yeah parenting I think I think all parents are like superheroes mm -hmm just superheroes, not only to birth a child as a mother, but also just to take care of a little mm -hmm. one who is forming their opinions about the world under your care. Yeah. I think is just like the most courageous thing people can do, especially when they're present. Mm -hmm. Of course, anyone can make a baby, but when they're <laughs> actually present parenting, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. And uh, wow, and congratulations on learning that about family, because you said, mm -hmm. I learned about family. Yeah, like I learned people. now that I do want my own children. Mm -hmm. So there's so many beautiful things that have come out of that experience right and whilst it was so hard and it was so hard to balance everything and figure right. out like felt like I was going crazy sometimes it was like mm. so challenging right and like immense gratitude for right. that like we've always got to be grateful for all of the things even if at the time they were hard or even if it was traumatic or Absolutely. challenging because that ultimately is what provides those building blocks for mm -hmm. us to move forwards and grow from. Absolutely.
So beautiful. And what do you feel like now? So you're open to having a family. You want to have children of your own. Yeah. What do you feel like you're looking for when it comes to a partner? Because you're successful. And, and I know it's not easy as a successful, ambitious, or maybe it is easy. But I've definitely had a lot of friends who have expressed like, it's not I've experienced it's not that easy and so do you want to share kind of what you're looking for and how has it been I think one of the interesting things is that I'm so happy on my own right and I think a lot of people it goes back to that thing of like is it inside of myself that I'm looking for love or is Mm -hmm. it outside of myself and it needs to be both right so I know through the work that I've done on myself like I'm cool on my own I'm good on my own and there's something even more amazing that's possible with Mm. a partner. So for me, it's someone that has similar values. Mm -hmm. Um, So my values are very much in growth and freedom. Mm -hmm. So someone that you can grow together with, like be excited about that amplification and two people coming together to create so much more than you can do alone. Mm. That excites me. That mm-hmm. really excites me. So like me. a power couple type yeah. of dynamic. Okay, that I love really that. excites me. And it's like a dream goal of mm. mine, like a power couple. So you that really makes you excited to yeah. see yourself with someone who you connect with and together you uplift the world yeah. together. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. So what, um, I have a question that I ask every single person okay. on the show. And it is, how do you get loved up? So how do you love yourself currently, Mm -hmm. love others, and love the world? Oh, I love that. Thank you. Gorgeous. (laughs) Um, So how do I love myself? For me, so one of my um, primary love languages is touch. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like going for a facial, going for a massage, doing doing the things that like allow me to feel that for myself. Mm. And also being a hardworking person, I also find it challenging to switch off. So my default is like, okay, I'll do some more work so it's easier for me if I actually go and do something so like go for a hike get in nature go for a massage go for a spa day I love driving Mm -hmm. that sounds crazy but that for me that gives me great peace music driving chill Mm. out spaciousness really simple things Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be something that's super like crazy just the little things candles yes I love a good candle yeah (laughs) and driving I also like I'm a country Mm -hmm. girl so I used to drive a lot like into town and I find it very therapeutic Mm -hmm. I even drive in New York like wow that's huge as well well. nobody drives in New York (laughs) not many people and then I'd say for like other people like I am a big gift giver yeah like I love to give gifts Mm -hmm. and one of my, my rules of life is like never show up empty handed. Yeah. So I just think that's like one of the things that, that I love mm. to do. Giving love, hugs, again, a touch thing. Yes. Um, that's beautiful. Hugs are my favorite thing mm. too. <laughs> I think we hugged each other Yay. like a couple of I times know. before we left. <laughs> and in the world, I mean, it's obvious, but you have a couple projects that you're working mm. on that is really giving back to the world. So you'd like to share those? Yeah, for sure. So in terms of... I mean, the book and then the philanthropic work that I do, I'd love to, to share some about those projects. Absolutely. So the new book is called Force of Nature. Mm-hmm. So it's still in the development phase. Right. And it's really exciting because it deepens the, the work of Now Is Your Chance, which was my first book. Right. And it looks at why humans actually decide to overcome challenge and adversity and go mm-hmm. on to thrive. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's so much value in understanding what it is that shapes us and what it is that takes us out of that chaos. Is it a decision? Is it environment? Is it because somebody tells us we can do things a different way? Mm -hmm. Is it spiritual? Is it genetic? What Mm -hmm. is it? So that's a real exploration. So 
And I see that as way bigger than me. Right. That's like definitely something that is pouring love into the universe and into the world because it's going to give an unfoldment of a new theory of post-traumatic performance mm-hmm. and what it really means, not just to survive or not just to thrive, right. but to experience trauma and go on to perform better than ever before. So that's something that is really on my heart at the moment. Really I cannot exciting. wait to read it and be a part of it. And Thank you. It's, it sounds amazing and definitely very necessary, mm. very necessary right now. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I do a lot of work as well with United Nations. Mm-hmm. So there's a campaign, this orange bracelet campaign called One Bracelet, which mm-hmm. is around gender equality and ending mm-hmm. violence to women. So because of the things I've experienced in my world, right. I understand the value of showing other people what's possible for, for themselves too. Mm-hmm. So I have this campaign that I do a lot of work for. We ran an international Women's Day dinner, which was awesome. Mm. And a lot of um, the awareness and the, the, the talking and the speaking around that as well. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your intelligence and everything that you have um, in your story with us today. We usually put our hands together and throw some love out to the audience. So until next time, (laughs) get loved up. Thank you for listening to the Get Loved Up podcast, where we inspire you to love yourself more, love others more, and love the planet more. If you want to dive deeper into your personal practice of love consciousness, pre-order a copy of my new book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce. In this book, I share my personal stories and daily practices I use to turn common obstacles into seeds for growth. Whether you're struggling or just want to level up, this book will give you the tools you need to let your best self shine. Order your copy and a copy for a friend today.